we'd like to welcome you back to part four of our study, our dedicated study, regarding the D-Wave quantum computing, the CERN-Hadron particle collider, and the Mandela effect. Now, this is just a kind of a brief excerpt of one of the videos out there, and it's on the Mandela effect. Now, this is something that's very insightful that I did not know, and this adds another piece to this puzzle. Um, this is an audio clip recorded from an interview on March 20th, 1969 with Dr. Richard Day, former medical director of Planned Parenthood. So Satan Inc., okay, a doctor, a baby butcher, I'm assuming, former medical director, can you imagine the blood on this guy's hands, of Planned Parenthood. This is from 1969 in an interview. Bible changes planned in 1969. Listen to this. This is unbelievable. Another area of discussion was religion. Uh, this is a an avowed atheist speaking. Uh, an avowed atheist. I mean, I would hope so if he's the director, medical director of Planned Parenthood. He said religion is not necessarily bad. A lot of people seem to need religion with its mysteries and rituals, so they will have religion. But the major religion... He doesn't need religion, he just needs baby butchering. That's that's what gives him delight and happiness. ...today have to be changed because they are not compatible with the changes to come. So the religions have to be changed, but it's only going to be really one religion. And only really one book in that one religion, it's the King James Bible, that really needs changed. That's the only really one. I, I've told you this for years. I mean, if, if this if we weren't on the right path, why would Satan so focus in on the things that I have reported on since 2006? Why is he focused in so much? He's really not focusing on the Catholic Church. He's got them. Or most of the other Protestant religions because they're going to follow suit with the great Catholic whore. And they're, they're lukewarm for the most part. And they're, they're yoked up with the government. And they're 501c3 exemptions i'm not saying all i mean but to a certain extent they're highly compromised so many of the pastors on the clergy response teams literally yoked up with fema and homeland security there to sell out they are actively selling out and will sell out their congregates when the time comes and the government says okay it's time let the rounds up roundups begin let the mass forced vaccinations begin so, the devil's really only concerned about the remnant of Christ, which is his true adversary on planet Earth. The Bible-believing, praying, on their knees, fasting, to a certain extent, I mean, because fasting, Jesus says, said, when you fast, okay? It's part of the whole, you know, Christianity thing, <laughs> okay? Um, that's who Satan is concerned about. So, there may be Mandela effects in Hinduism and Buddhism and all of this other stuff, but it's not near to the extent of what we're seeing with the King James Bible, guaranteed. Because there's already Satan's. He's already got those things. The old religions will have to go, especially Christianity. Especially Christianity. Once the Roman Catholic... The old religions. Why? Because we have to have the one world religion under Antichrist and false prophet. And as I've said before, the backbone of that coming one world religion is going to be witchcraft. 
It's going to be the essence of it. It's going to be an amalgamation of all religions in the world with its backbone being the highest level witchcraft you've ever seen. Who is going to draw upon that witchcraft at the greatest levels? The Antichrist and false prophet who will come with all signs and lying wonders and miracles. They're going to draw upon that satanic power of this coming one world religion in order to do those deceiving, lying signs, wonders, and miracles, which will deceive the whole earth. And if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And I understand that's false prophets and apostles and things like that. But that's going to be part of the deception process. Church is brought down. The rest of Christianity will follow easily. No, it won't. Not the true remnant. No, it won't. You can think that all day long. We're on the winning team. The true remnant Christian believers are on the winning team. You know? The Bible says, pray that you be, you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man. That's not unbiblical to pray that. But they that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say if you fall away, you're going to be saved. Okay, so who gives us that power, though, to endure to the end? The Lord Jesus Christ. Through the Holy Spirit that lives inside a born-again Christian. So it's not about you enduring to the end through some type of, you know, self-effort. It's the Holy Spirit, it do, Spirit doing it through you and you totally relying on the Lord Jesus Christ for that strength. Because you can't, you, you can do nothing apart from him other than fail. So that's important to remember as well. New religion can be accepted for use all over the world. It will incorporate something from all of the old ones to make it more easy for people to accept it and feel See it. See what I just said? It will incorporate something from all the old ones to make you feel all warm and fuzzy when you go into the new. This is a, this is a, an avowed atheist, head of Planned Parenthood, baby butcher and devil, straight from Satan's mouth in 1969, the year I was born. Right from Satan's mouth to us. They're going to incorporate, and again, that's why I said they're going to incorporate all the world's religions into one because there's going to be something in that religion. There'll be some remnant of something that will make you feel warm and fuzzy and it will make you much easier to transition to. If it was totally different, like all of a sudden I'm worshiping the God from, you know, Zagnut and, you know, I've got to, you know, wear purple robes and, and you know, get in the lotus position and spit marbles and contemplate my belly button or whatever yeah it's gonna be a little much for a lot of people but no they're they're gonna do it in a very very probably at least initially in kind of a nicer gentler way to make it you know but then it'll get nasty if you don't you know fall in line obviously oh, most people won't be too concerned with religion they will realize that they don't need it in order to do this, the Bible will be changed. It will be rewritten to fit the new religion. Okay, so in order to do this, the Bible will be changed. It will be rewritten to fit the new religion. Gradually. Gradually. Key words will be replaced with, with new words having various shades of meaning. How do you do that unless you have something like the Mandela effect? How do you change key words in the Bible... And replace them with, with other words that have a different meaning. To cast doubt on the word of God. Because it's like, man, that changes the whole meaning of that. Now the, now the Bible doesn't even make sense there. 
you just get to a point where there's so many changes where you just throw up your hands and you're like, well, I'm ready for a new religion. That's the key. If they told you, <coughs> we're going to go in and we're going to change the Bible, which they've done with all the new versions. They've already done that to a large extent. But they're going to go in on the one that matters, the King James, and they're going to go in and they're going to do these changes without you even knowing about them, is what he's basically intimating here how do you do that i mean do you announce well we're going to change well then people are going to know you changed it and even if you say well you're still going to read it and you're like well no i'm not you changed it you said that but what if you didn't know about it what if they did it gradually changing the words sometimes subtly over time causing you to doubt there's no real explanation for it that's why i'm here to try to give you this study so that you can make sense of this. Then the meaning attached to the new word uh, can be close to the old word. And as time goes on, other shades of meaning of that word can be emphasized. And then gradually, that word replaced with another word. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, okay. Now it's the wolf will lay down with the lamb. The wolf is always symbolic in the Bible of basically satan <laughs> you know okay it's a pretty big change um i understand you know you could say the devil ro roars as a uh comes as, as a roaring lion seeking him who may he may devour but jesus is also referred to as the lion of the tribe of judah okay and it never said the wolf will lay down with the lamb it'll it'll it what it was trying to do there in the bible is contrast the gigantic difference between a lion who's considered the king of the beasts, okay, will lay down with like the most meek little pitiful thing, the lamb. The wolf is not the king of the beasts, okay? What it was doing in the Bible there is trying to contrast the two. And yes, you could say that the lion is a type of Jesus. Okay, I get that. I understand that. But I'm saying there's a contrast there. Wolf really doesn't make a sense. And it's always been universally regarded as something in the Bible, at least, is something evil, especially in the New Testament. Okay, so what if then the wolf ends up changing into, like, I don't know, Satan? <laughs> Who knows where they're going to go with this next? What if, the, what if that word changes? Well, I don't remember Satan laying down with the lamb, but I guess if my, the, my Bible says it, I've had this for a long, I guess it, it's always been there. That's what they're trying to get you to believe. Who knows where this is all going to go? But aren't you, aren't you glad you're hearing about it now as opposed to like like maybe later when you really don't have an answer for it? I don't know if I'm making that clear, but the idea is that uh, everything in Scripture need not be rewritten, just key words replaced by other words. Absolutely, because you don't have to rewrite the whole Bible to corrupt it. It only takes, rat poison is like 99% good, decent rat food i guess and like one or two percent poison but that one to two percent poison is all it takes to kill you so you know again if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do it doesn't take a lot to corrupt something in other words and uh the variability in meaning attached to any word can be uh 
used as a uh, tool to change the entire meaning of scripture and therefore make it acceptable to this uh, new religion. Most people won't know the difference, and this is another one of the times where he said, the few who do notice the difference won't be enough to matter. Then oh, well, that's what he's basically saying about us, the few that do notice. Who's he talking about? He's talking about us. He's talking about those people. In 69, he's saying this about you right now, because this is the time that we're seeing it. Okay? So he's not going to say, he's basically saying it's going to happen. He's not saying how it's going to happen. I don't even think he knew how it was going to happen. Um, this is so diabolical and so insidious and so probably far greater than this satanic devil even envisioned that, you know, they, they would have never even dreamed of something like this. But he's speaking to us right now. But one of the most surprising statements of the whole presentation, he said some of you probably think the churches won't stand for this. And he went on to say... The churches will help us. Yep, no you're, you're absolutely right. The churches will help him. The churches will. Don't expect the 501c3 churches to come out against this ever. Don't. It's not going to happen. They're yoked up with the state. They're on the same, they're on, that, they're on that train to the New World Order, the One World Religion under the New World Order. I've said that for years. They're already on the train. The denominational system, number one, isn't even biblical. Number two, it's not biblical to be a 501c3 corporation yoked up with the government, which the, whereas the government gives you your literal right to exist as a church. And I'm sure this happens, this same dynamic happens in all countries around the world. They probably call it something different. But it's basically going to the state saying, Mr. State, can I have my right to exist as a church? Sure. And, and your parishioners can write this off in their taxes and all this other stuff, but then there's parameters you have to abide by. You can't say this, you can't do this, you got to abide by these things. you got to do all these things that are unbiblical, essentially. Well, you can't serve two masters. You can't bow the knee to God and the knee, the knee to Baal. Um, anything with two heads is a monster. So that's unbiblical. The, the, the clergy response team is unbiblical. And all of these... Churches, I would say the vast majority of churches on planet Earth are already on the train track, going down the track to that one world religion under Antichrist and false prophet. So don't expect the churches to get on board with what I'm saying and get on board with this Mandela stuff because I don't think that it's ever going to happen. I don't. Because... The churches have been on board with the New World Order all along, and you think they're going to get off now? Where are the churches, you know, regarding standing up for real righteousness in this? Why haven't the churches done more to try to shut down Planned Parenthood or go against the lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgender agenda or, or to go against the Hollywood agenda or to go against all these illegal aliens and muslims coming into this country as far as i know they're pretty much silent on a lot of these issues yes some of them do some stuff but i think ultimately most of them are, are going to be absolutely on board and then you're going to have certain stragglers that do see the light and get off and hopefully that's what we're trying to do right now is wake people up collaboration on this unclear just uh, what he had in mind when he said the churches will help us in retrospect i think uh some of us now can understand what he might have been at that time Trust up this program. 
big wine skins in the Bible in the King James has been changed to bottles. Did you know that? You can't find the word wine skins at all in the King James Bible now at all. This was the one that originally got me. This was the one that originally really hit me upside the head. Sorry, but it really did. Um, probably after I do this part, maybe I'll even read you what I sent to a pastor about this. And he didn't have an answer for it. Uh, Matthew 9, 17, neither do men put new wine in old bottles, else the bottles break. And the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. That makes no sense whatsoever. Sorry about the music. Bottles burst bottles burst when old wine is put into them no they don't this passage used to say wineskins because that's exactly what would happen if you did that to a, to an old wineskin wineskins burst when you put old wine into them i'll get into that more love this really hip christian music man don't you sorry um this is another one the lord's prayer okay so they get into the lord's prayer there i i'd rather get into that a little bit more in depth later um let me just see what their last one is here Oh, this is a weird one. Yeah, Luke 5.24, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say to thee, arise and take up thy bed and go into thine house. Remember? Take up that bed. No, it says couch now. Couch. Couch, it says. Take up your couch couch was never even in the bible the couch was invented by j weldington couch that's why they named it a couch it was invented by j weldington couch in 1895 the word couch didn't exist until 1895 when it was literally invented by a guy with a last name of couch The Bible has been changed to bring the one world religion of Antichrist. There have been thousands of changes. Many things have changed, not only in the Bible. Search Mandela effect for other changes. These are just the beginning of the lines, signs, and wonders of the Antichrist. Yeah, he's probably going to come and take credit for all this when it's all said and done. He's going to say, yeah, see, I, I have that kind of power. I can literally change because I go, be, I transcend the word of God. Well, he's going to go He's going to go into the, the, uh, the, the temple, the rebuilt temple that the Jews are going to rebuild for him. Because they're going to accept him as their savior in the middle point of the tribulation and proclaim himself to be God. He's going to say, I am. I am the great I am, most likely. Something to that effect. So, 
Sure. And then he's going to point back at these Mandela changes saying, see, you couldn't, you couldn't protect your, your own, the, your own word of God. I had power over it. Say so he's going to be given power for a time. It says, okay, so I'm going to go ahead since we've brought the verse up about the wineskins. Um, I'm a little bit all over the place with this study, but I don't know. I think what we've done so far is hopefully effective. I'm going to give you some Bible verses that um, kind of just regarding the whole thing about that, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, that, okay, that we know that this is not of God, this Mandela effect. We know that this Mandela effect is not of God, as the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 14.33, for God is not the author of confusion. So while he's permitting the strong delusion and, the, and, and that Satan has been given this, given this time, evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse, the church has done less and less and less as you know, to permit a lot of this to happen as well. Um, it's become more lukewarm. We're in like that Revelation 3, a Laodicean church era time uh, where they're neither hot nor cold, but they're lukewarm. Like I said before, many of them are literally on the train, on the train to the one world religion under Antichrist. They're going to follow the great whore, um, the Catholic Church, when she gladly, she's already going down that path. She's already literally there. But she's going to beckon all her chicks that left her from the Protestant Reformation. They were protesting the Catholic Church. And most of them are going to come under her wing again the great Catholic whore, and gladly, you know, go the route she's going. They're going to succumb to the fear of man and um, to their denomination, pre denominational pressures and their corporate pressures and the state pressures, all these pressures that they have on them because they've yoked up with all of these unbiblical things, as I've said for years. So don't expect them, don't expect to go into one of those churches and ever get a teaching like this. Now, the Bill Bean man, particular gentleman, said that he is getting pastors calling him into his churches. So I'm not condemning them, but I'm saying it's probably going to be a very small percentage. Now listen, let's pray about this. Let's hopefully, I mean, I feel like this can be used as something, as a revivalistic tool. When we really see the devices of Satan at work and at play here. And that people can actually make a little bit of, of sense of this. Hopefully teaching like this will do it. I tend, to, I tend to go very much overboard when it comes to stuff like this. And that's why I'm doing this comprehensive teaching. That literally could be probably 50 parts easily. But I'm not going to make, I'm not going to, it's not going to be that long. I'm, I'm going to do this as long as, you know, the Lord leads me to do it. And then when I feel like, okay, we've done enough, we've said enough, we, we don't want to rehash this then i'm going to release this study i'm, I'm going to release it all at once and let the fur fly let it fly because i know it's gonna um so god is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all churches of the saints so we know that this is not of god okay the bible also says he that answereth the matter before he heareth it heareth it it is a folly and a shame unto him so to, to, so to immediately look at the title of my teaching and say, I'm not even going to listen to it. 
fine, that's your prerogative. But you've answered a matter before you've heard it. And I'm telling you, I have listened to the other side. I have heard to listeners that are probably not going to be my listeners anymore, that have their own ministries and have begged me not to do this study and have already literally done, some of them I've already way broke fellowship with, they've already demonized me because they heard that I was possibly going to do a study on this. This was like a couple years ago. Already started demonizing me. And I'm like, I haven't even done a study on it. I wanted to like really, really look and seek the matter out. And I gave you my other reasons before. And, and, and you know, God knows my heart. I'm not saying that, that I shouldn't have done this sooner. I admit that. Um, but I have already taken so much heat over this for a study I've never done. Just because they heard I was looking into this. They're not going to be able to refute what I've already went over already. And the, and the, and the parts I'm going to do, it's impossible. Unless you have some other reality than me. And your Bible read differently than I. They've answered a matter before they've heard it. And I have listened to them. I have listened to these teachings they've sent me. And I was, every single time, I have been totally and utterly unconvinced at all if anything it just made me see kind of what a feeble attempt it was on their end i pity them i really do it's not like i'm mad at them it's not like i hate them i love them in the lord you know i'm not i'm not mad at them i i get it i understand it's scary stuff but guys come on come on dude dudes dudettes I mean, this, you can't, this is, this is real. The Bible says in Daniel 7.24, And the ten horns out of his kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue the three kings. This is the Antichrist. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And then shall that wicked be revealed. And this is, now we're going to 2 Thessalonians 2.8. So the Antichrist, when he comes, is going to change times. Could that be part of what we're dealing with here? 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 8. And then that wicked, capital W, the Antichrist, shall be revealed. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's at the end of the tribulation. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and line winners. Now, remember, it says with all power. Well, this is power. It says that he's going to have all power. Remember, he's going to reign. He's going to have his time. He's going to have his time. He's going to wear out the saints. He's going to have his time to, to rule and reign. He's on the losing team, but he's going to have his time. And when he comes with all working of Satan, with all power, what does that encompass? What does that mean? It means all power. He's going to have power to do stuff like this, evidently. I mean, granted, God still is on the throne, 
he's not going to be able to do every single thing obviously he wants if that was the case he'd kill us all and we'd all go to hell in, in the lake of fire but on planet earth he's going to have that all power capability for a time and i think this is what we're seeing here with the mandela effect and signs and lying wonders i think that also falls under this mandela effect revelation 12 9 and the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and satan which deceiveth the whole world could this be part of that deception wall that's all i'm seeing it is is a gigantic deception to make christians fall away from the faith ultimately though to test christians it's kind of what this is he was cast out into the earth and his angels cast out with him second thessalonians 2 11 and i know some of this is redundant but and for this cause god this is later this is after the wicked's revealed it says it later and the falling away of the church and for this cause god shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they might all be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness so it's very very important what you're believing listen i'm not trying to deceive you here this is something that you know has to be addressed this is something that's real it's happening it's ongoing it's at every single level of our existence basically so as a watchman does that mean i don't cover it i was meant to cover it i know i should have covered it sooner i apologize i've said that before but had to be covered matthew 24 24 jesus christ saying for there shall arise false christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect so be on guard the devils is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect be not high-minded but fear stay humble stay as a little child before god like solomon was at the beginning when god asked him what do you want me to give you well lord i i i i am as but a little child before you i know not whether to come in or go out apart from you give me wisdom to govern this great amount of people israel before me that was when solomon's heart was right with god unfortunately you know when you yoke yourself up with a thousand women some concubines some wives most likely the vast majority of them pagans probably a lot of them were literal witchcraft practitioners that'll turn your heart from god about as quick as anything but i think there's evidence in the bible to prove that solomon did come back to god at the end of his life <coughs> excuse me first chronicles 12 32 first part of the verse says and the children of issachar which were men that had understanding of the times to know what israel ought to do that's what i'm trying to give you with this teaching being an understander of the times i really believe that my ministry is going to move into a different phase i don't know when that's going to be if it's going to be this year or five years i don't know but like i said this ministry is going to be a little different now and i'm going to i'm going to be covering topics now that i have more of an urgency that i probably should have covered in times past and 
I'm not going to be covering every little thing that goes on in Islam or Catholicism or whatever. I'm going to, for right now, maintain my, my newsletters to kind of keep you abreast on that. Use the newsletters like prayer, like a prayer list if you want. If you don't want to, because I don't want to, I, I don't want to take your time away from God. But these subjects are subjects I really do feel like we need, we need some clarity on, some teachings on. And, and that's why I have this urgency to get this one done, because this is a big one. This is one I really, of all the studies I really feel like I should have done, this is the one that I really, I'm going to do one on Flat Earth too, but Flat Earth to me is, is so easily debunkable. I don't have the same urgency. And when I got three different people again this week saying, have you heard about this? Man, you got to cover this. I was like, okay, I'm done. I got to do this. I, I just got this really strong conviction. This got to be done. I mean, this has been going on for like a long time now. So, um, the men of is the children of Issachar were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, and that's that's a commendable thing. It was a good thing. First, First Thessalonians five six. Let us not therefore. Let, therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. That's what we're doing with this. Second Timothy 4, 5. But watch thou in all things. That's what we're doing here. Ephesians 5, 11, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. This is what we're doing. This is an unfruitful work of darkness, this Mandela effect. Now, the Noah Webster that Coach Dave was in reference to, 1828, defines reprove as to blame to convince a fault, or to make it manifest, to excite a sense of guilt. We're manifest, I, I'm, I'm showing light on this. We're, we're, we're putting the light, we're making it manifest. We're proving the Mandela effect. We're convincing you of the fault of the Mandela effect, that it is of Satan. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, this is a warning, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be a priest, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So when you reject truth from God, and remember, that's what Second Thessalonians chapter two, the whole thing about strong delusion, you know, because they love not truth. They love not the truth. Do you have a love for truth? I wish this wasn't the truth, but I can't deny that it is. It's too overwhelming. There's too many things, and we're just getting started on this. Are you going to say every one of these are bogus? Like, you got to do one or the other as a Christian. And that's what this other camp is doing. They're, they're universally condemning it, ad hominem attacks, slanderous, oh, he's, on, he's going straight to hell and taking all of his listeners to hell. And I'll be honest with you, they kind of had me... Like, you know, they got in my head for a long time about this. And I don't normally let that kind of stuff happen to me. But it was like, wow, I mean, I haven't even covered this topic. People are just getting wind. I'm looking into this. And I'm being labeled as this mega arch heretic now, straight from the pit of hell, having my own cult or whatever. Listen, I'm not the only one looking at this stuff. There's a ton of other pastors out here now getting their eyes open. Are they all on the Scott Johnson cult train too? I have purposely went out of my way three to four years set on this stuff so that it didn't overreact and jump the gun on this thing.
But I don't have any more excuse. And, and, and I don't think God wants me to... Man, I have such a peace just doing the study already. I mean, I... Man. Ooh, I mean, I just feel good doing the study. Not because I'm happy about the content. It's just like I feel like the Holy Spirit's happy. And maybe I've been grieving the Holy Spirit last few years about this whole thing. Because I've been having the fear of man. Oh, big, tough Scott Johnson, fear of man. Well, you know, hey, I'm human too. And without, without Christ, I'm nothing. And so, you know, I'm saying that so that if you're like freaked out about this, I understand you're not the only one. <laughs> I've been in your boat. I've been sitting on this a long time. So this is, I'm not even going to put the name of the pastor. I'm going to take that out right now because I don't want to do that. I just don't think it's appropriate. And this is not about attacking people. It's just not. Okay. Um, in fact, I'm going to go through this right now because I do not want to. I'm not here to label a pastor or call a pastor out or to say, how dare you? I mean, look at me. I've sat on this stuff for a long time. Okay, so that's not why I'm here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna read you my letter I wrote to a pastor I respect and I still respect to this day very much that I trust. And I'm gonna read you what I wrote him, and I'm gonna read you his response, and you be the judge. Okay, so I'm having to revisit this letter because remember I've been sitting on this stuff for a long time. I wrote this this letter in May of of um, 2016 and i sent him a video on i don't know who knows what video i sent i mean there was tons back then and he came back to me and basically i don't know i don't know didn't accept it okay but was very nice but just was ever and and i said i said to him and i hope you'll get the gist of this but pastor in all humility those verses above are from the king james version the, the verses i said that had been changed Look them up in your King James to confirm this. I did, I did, I did in two different King James I have, and I could not believe it. I cannot explain this other than that the CERN particle collider is altering our reality in some way. Now, I didn't even know about the D-Wave computers at the time of the writing, so that could be another factor. I understand that you are saying what you're saying about the other versions changing words, but that is not the issue here. These are all changes in the KJV cited. And I fear they are just a small sampling. He responds back. The original problem wasn't clear to me as I listened to this man's video, the video that I'd sent him, evidently. I just checked my proper King James Bible, which is the one based on the Cambridge University Press KJB. If indeed these were all from, I guess he, I think he means, if indeed these changes were from were all from other so-called King James Bibles, I have an answer to that. Okay, and I'll give you the answer in a second. My comment, though, before that is that, okay, the first KJV I checked was my 1769 Pure Cambridge Edition. Okay, the one I talked about earlier. The most pure edition of the KJV ever published. And all these changes cited above were in there as well. Now, that'll make more sense when you hear his response. He says, this is, why, this is how he's justifying it. He's grasping at straws. 
When the original 1611 King James Bible was published by both Cambridge and University Press and the Oxford Press University, in the Latin words cum privilegio, printed on it, it means with privilege. That is similar to our copyright laws. When the USA began printing the KJB, King James Bible, they admittedly refused to respect that cum privilegio or copyright and began to alter or change the words right and left. Okay, well, why didn't I hear about this then before? <laughs> You're telling me then it was always the wolf laid down with the lamb and <laughs> gather up your couch and get your stuff? That wasn't in there. Okay, I, but I said to him, my comment was, okay, pastor, if this is the case, I could understand U.S. made KJVs being altered and changed. But it would not happen to the 1769 pure Cambridge edition printed by Cambridge University Press in England. They can't change that one. I even did a whole study on this subject called Beware of Altered King James Bibles. I mentioned that earlier. And I, I gave them the, the here's here's the um, here's my sermon overview. Now I'm gonna go off off topic kind of a little bit here for a sec, because we're not talking directly about the Mandela, but I'm trying to explain to him that no 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 no, you're 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 not getting what I'm saying here. Okay, and this is unfortunately what all the pastors are doing. They're 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 trying so hard, they're grasping at straws, they're this is a man that has a lot of experience with this subject, okay? But he has none really with this new issue of the Mandela. And he's trying, bless his heart, trying to explain this and trying to grasp this, you know. Anyway, my sermon overview of my, my teaching, and I give you a link here, Beware of Altered King James Bibles. King James Bible believers are faced with an array of problems today. Of course, we all know that the multiplicity of the new modern Versions are a big problem, but another little-known problem is the fact that many of the worldly publishing companies are publishing Bibles and calling them King James Bibles when in actuality they are not the true King James Bible, which is what he was talking about here, about U.S. companies not honoring or, or, or basically changing, if they're, if they're like a U.S. company changing the, the original words of the King James. This is why I've always recommended the Pure Cambridge text. To avoid that problem of 1769 printed in England. You're not going to have to worry about that with that one. Now, the Mandela thing is a whole other issue. But up before the Mandela, you wouldn't have had to worry about getting a corrupted Bible. Unless you bought an American-made King James Bible, which could be corrupted. Um, okay, so, I'm, and I'm reading my table of contents here. I'm so glad he did the study because if I hadn't have done the study, I really would have a harder time responding to him about this. And that's also going to help you to understand this issue. Because if this comes up, they say, yeah, well, American King James Bibles were corrupted for a long time. You will do, whoa, 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 whoa. They're, okay, but not the pure Cambridge edition of 1769. There's a way around that. Because the King James Bible is in the public domain and not copyrighted in all places other than England. These worldly publishing companies think they can minor make minor changes to to the standard text so that they can um, please certain groups, which translates into extra sales for them. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. I did this study a long time ago. 
So this is confirming what he said. I'm not disagreeing with what he said. I'm confirming it. In fact, I did a whole study on these corrupted King James Bibles. Now, I'm not talking about the changes in these, in these, in these more corrupted King James Bibles are far, far less egregious than what we're seeing with the Mandela effect. These are minor, minor variations in most cases. In most cases, maybe there's other cases where they're more major. But far less egregious than the wolf laying down with the lamb. I mean, they didn't even try to pull that one off. Today, you can still find a true King James Bible, but you must proceed with caution. You'll be hard-pressed to find it at all in any typical Christian bookstore, or any store for that matter, without some alterations to the text of the Cambridge University Press printed it's the PCE, Pure Cambridge Edition, between around 1900s to about 1990. No, I'm sorry, 1980. There are millions of them around. It is possible to find some nice secondhand copies. I've got some. One of the easiest changes to see is the difference in spellings of the names, such as changing Elias to Elijah, changing Jeremiah to Jeremiah, changing Isaiah to Isaiah and many other changes as this man lists. Okay, so no, I'm sorry. Now I'm back. I'm back to writing the pastor. Okay, so I, I said that um, and many other changes this man lists in the Mandela effect, so-called. Okay, no, that's, I'm sorry. That was his comment. One of the easiest changes is to see the differences in spellings. Of, of, so he's trying to go back to these minor changes that these corrupted pre-Mandela King James Bibles made in America made. Okay? Which are real. He's right. I'm not, I'm not arguing at all. He's right. I did a whole teaching proving that he's right on this. But we're arguing about different things here now. My comment was, okay... I really didn't see the man in the video listing physical name changes in the Bible, but maybe I missed something here. He goes back and he says, it is merely the evidence of American publishers changing at will any of the words in the King James Bible that they want to and still falsely advertising it as a King James Bible when it is not such at all. Okay, again, he's not. He's not talking about what the Mandela effect is doing. He's talking about the minor changes that the American publishers made to the King James Bible. Still egregious. You're still changing the word of God. But they're nowhere near the same level that the Mandela has produced. Not even anywhere near those. So he's talking about, it's like apples and oranges. He's talking about a totally different subject. I'm talking about the Mandela. He's talking about the other. I'm confirming to him this has nothing to do with, with what you're talking about. It has nothing to do with that. Those minor changes the American publishers made. You know why? Because these same changes are in the pure Cambridge edition of 1769. The one that has none of these changes. The pure Cambridge edition. And you could go back to the 1611 and it's the same thing. The changes are there too. My comment to what he said. While I totally agree with what you're saying about these American publishers, as I think I showed above with my teaching, I did. That is not really the issue here. 
as these changes can also be found in the pure Cambridge edition of 1769. Um, he goes on to say, the Cambridge University Press should be the standard. I, I agree. I totally agree. But unfortunately, my comment was, I couldn't agree more, Pastor. But unfortunately, the Mandela changes are affecting all of the Bibles and any King James Bible out there, whether it's the corrupted American editions that have changed wars, or whether it's the pure Cambridge edition. It's affecting them all. So again, I'm trying to get him to, I'm trying to get him to actually address the subject about what we're talking about, and he keeps talking about something totally different. He goes on to say, even the Oxford University Press, which was which was also cum privilegio, has about 150 changes that are errors. Now, that would there was an Oxford edition of 1769 as well. There was a pure Cambridge edition, PCE, and then there was an Oxford edition of 1769, and that he even acknowledges that one had about 150 changes. He keeps going back to that, okay? That's not what we're talking about, though. I'm trying to get him on point, and, you know, it's hard because... This is too mind-blowing for people to deal with. I said to him, I agree. The thing is, Pastor, you have more time in the KJV than anyone I know on earth. I mean that. I don't know if anybody has more time in the KJV than him. Okay. Do you remember the word wineskins? Just bring up the one word. Or any derivations of it never appearing anywhere in the KJV. I'm just asking him a question. I'm not even, I am going, the Bible says when you go to, go to an elder in a spirit of meekness. I'm not calling him names. I love this man. I love him to this day. I'm not saying he's not saved. I'll always love him. He's helped me tremendously. He's one of the few that's ever stuck with me. Being a Baptist as a pastor, it's been very, very hard to stick with me because I've, I've, I, have, I have very, very, very far from standard Baptist teachings. <laughs> I mean, I have really, really, in their eyes, went off the rails. You know. <laughs> Listen, I was in the Baptist denomination for a long time. He's one of the few that's ever stuck with me. I love this man. I do. I'm not attacking him. But I went to him because he had more, he was one of the first ones I went to because he had more time in the KJV like 60 plus years. Okay? Literally that long. Longer than I've been alive. Probably now it's 70. I don't know. Wrote tons of books on this KJV and the underlying text types and amazing pastor. Love him. Humble. I just always loved him. Never detected pride in him. Um... I, you know, I, I just want to preface it with all that. 
this is not a proud man here. This is not somebody that's, he, he would, anybody I knew of that could have been full of himself and full of pride about his knowledge of the Bible, he's the one. But he's not. He's not. Which speaks volumes about his character. So, like, if this gets back to him, and I'm not saying his name, but I want him to know that I, I, I totally love him. I'm not attacking him. I, I get it. I understand. I, I'm just, I'm not going to take that approach. I won't do it. Not going to happen. So I, I say to him, I say, and I'll just say the last line again, do you remember the word wineskins or any derivations of it? not appearing anywhere in the KJV. Because that was the one that really blew my mind initially, the not being able to find wineskins in the Bible anymore. Now, you can't even find the word wineskins, and I'm quoting words, wineskins, wineskin, and then the word wineskin separated, not one word, or wineskins separated. I'm trying to give every variation and derivation that you could do a keyword search of in the Bible, you can't find it at all now. Anywhere in the King James Bible. Try it yourself. Go to blueletterbible.com or whatever it is. Just one of the places you can search KJB. And just try it yourself. You can't find it anywhere. Gone. Yet the word wineskin is still in the commentary slash definition of many KJV Bible commentary Bibles. But you can't find the word anymore in the KJV. Yet it's in the commentary still. The word bottles makes no sense. In, especially in the, in, the, in, the, in the way it's used. See this video of this exact fact. Let's, let's just look at this real quick. Okay, so this is just a very, I mean, this is only like a minute, okay? But it's, it's, a, it's a Christian. He's got a very old King James Bible. He's just sitting down at his table. And, I mean, it's well used. You can tell he's been in his Bible a lot. And you just hear what he says. This is, this is um, he did a whole little video, Mandela Proof KJV Bible Changed, okay? This was published literally on August 5th, 2016. This is just the very last part where he, I think he talks about wineskins. This is just a, a quick update to, uh, to the same video because I had accidentally left this out. The verse that it actually refers to wineskin is, is a bag made from an animal skin and used... He's showing in this KJV Bible, look in the, in the um, I, I guess the definition section of wineskin, a bag made from an animal skin used to hold wine, Mark 2.22. And it's showing a picture of the wineskin, um, almost how they like, a little bit, I think how it's even made. And he's, he's showing that, you know, that's, yet it's in the definition part it's not in the bible anymore makes no sense why would he give a definition of wineskins in the definition part of an old king james bible if wineskin was never mentioned in the bible to hold wine mark uh chapter 2 verse 22 um, i'm gonna sh i'm gonna show you that verse right now it's been changed uh in st mark chapter 2 verses 22 and no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred, but new wine must be put into new bottles. Those are Jesus' words in red that he instructed should never be changed, you know, or altered in any way, shape, or form. So, so literally, it 
shows, it says the definition of wineskins, he's flipping back and forth in this old King James Bible. It defines wineskins. It has a picture of a wineskin, animal, definition, and it gives you the verse, Mark 2.22, and it doesn't say wineskin in the verse. It says bottles. Yet that's the reference point it gives. See, this is where the rubber really meets the road. How? Come on. How do you explain that? Here it is in the back of the Bible. It's in red, people. Here it is, wineskin. He and goes back and forth to show you. It should definitely be in that verse. Yes. Okay. Every, everybody uh, repent for your sins and, and accept Jesus as your Savior because the, the time is near. And Thank you all very much and have a great day. So, I mean, that's, that's just, that's mind-blowing. So I go on to say, oh, wineskins had been stretched to the limit or become brittle as wine had fermented. See, I researched this. This is what I started doing initially. I started going into these verses and saying why this stuff doesn't make any sense. And this is, the thing is, is I can't do this with every verse in the Bible that's been changed because again, I don't, can't do a 50 parter unless God says for me to do it. And I don't, I don't really get that feeling, but some of these, I am going to go like this one. And then I'm going to give you the research I've done. I'm going to edit it all up. And, and when I feel like God says, okay, this is enough, I'm just going to basically leave you the rest of the research. If you're still not convinced, you can go and I can give you another gigantic boatload of stuff you can look into on your own. Okay, so now this is all referenced, this sentence. I, I got it. I don't, the source I got it from is, oh, this is Wikipedia. Old wineskins had been, quote, stretched to the limit or become brittle as wine had fermented inside them. Using them, again, therefore risk bursting them. Okay, this is why you don't put new wine in old wineskins. But see, this makes no sense if we were dealing with bottles, because bottles are not animal skins. Bottles are not going to stretch. They're not going to, I mean, if you put new wine into old wineskins, they're already stretched. If you put new wine in there, they're going to ferment again and it's going to burst them. That's not going to happen with a bottle. It's never going to happen with a bottle. You can keep putting new wine over and over. It's not going to happen. You, you put a cork in it to kind of let the, I believe that's what regulates to a certain amount of pressure. It makes no sense. And again, I give you all the verses here. Matthew 9, 17. Neither do men put new wine. Now, it's not just one. It's every single time. It's not just, well, it says wineskins in Matthew 9, 7. No, it doesn't. It's been universally changed to bottles in every place it ever occurred. Matthew 9, 17. Neither do men put new wine in old bottles. Else the bottles break. It makes no sense at all. And the wine runneth out and the bottles perish, but they put new wine in new bottles. Mark 2.22 basically says the same thing. We just read that. And no man putteth new wine in old bottles. I'll go to the next one. Luke 5.37. And no man putteth new wine in old bottles. It's said in three different places in the gospel. And it was wineskins before and now it's bottles. This would have been a great reason like if I saw this in like one of the, the um, corrupted versions. I'd say see this is another reason to read the King James. Because they get it right. <clears throat> Because they, they would never, you know, it doesn't make sense if it says bottles. But see, now they're doing this with the King James. 
to make you doubt the King James, these Mandela effects. That's why the King James is being targeted because, because it is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Which is our primary offensive weapon. So Satan's trying to take that away from us because he don't like being attacked with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. This is why I've always said don't use the NIV and the other ones that are like NIV removed about 10% of the total text and has been watered down. I heard Bill Schneblin one time was, I don't know, he's so far from left field now, I, I can't even deal with the guy, but, you know, he once made an analogy like, you know, using, this is when he was, when he was solid, he knew this about the King James. He said, going into battle, going into deliverance or going into spiritual warfare, using the King James as opposed to using like something like the NIV was like using a, um, a machine gun compared to a, a wet noodle. Now, I wouldn't probably go that far, but that's what he said. You know, now he's Hebrew Roots guy, unfortunately. I 100% believe that. I 100% believe in the power of the King James Bible. And now, because the devil's going to be given that all power, Signs and line wonders for a season. And he's going to seek to change times and there's going to be a famine for the hearing of the words of God. All this is coming to pass. And now he's going after the one book on the planet that is his arch enemy, essentially. If he could have an arch enemy in print form. Well, the Bible talks about Jesus Christ being the word incarnate. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, all capital W. The same in the beginning was, was God. All things were made by Him, meaning Jesus, the Word, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So, having the right Word is incredibly important. So, if there was one book on the planet Satan was really, really going to go after, it, you had to figure it was going to be this one. Shouldn't be a surprise, I guess. In, in the, the longer I'm doing the study now, the more it's like, wow, I mean, why does this even surprise me? Okay, so then I also go on to say, also, I'm, a, I'm asking the pastor, do you remember the word debts below being always used instead of trespasses in the KJV Matthew version? Also, this prayer um, always used on earth, not in the earth in earth on earth remember on earth as it is in heaven now it's in earth i'll read it to you after this manner therefore pray ye now this is jesus telling us after this manner pray this is like a template for how we pray granted i'm not saying that you have to say like this exact prayer but this is a template on how we pray okay after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth, as it is in heaven. In earth? Why would it be in earth? That doesn't even make sense. Wouldn't it be? I mean, what's going on from a Christian standpoint is going on on earth. I mean, the vast majority. On earth, not in earth. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. 
forgive us our trespasses? Yeah, that's what it said, trespasses. No, now it's forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. What? I mean, this is implying, like, I mean, when you think of debts, you, you, you think of the term of, like, a monetary vein almost. The, the primary usage of that verse, if you go to the Greek, is that which is owed, that which is justly or legally due, a debt. And it can have a sin. That's like the last usage, though. I mean, if somebody says, forgive us our debts, what? I mean, it just doesn't have the same impact as like trespasses in, in the connotation of sin, that type of thing. So, again, it's, 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 a, it's a changing of the word, okay, that we're, that we're looking at here. So let's go further here. Um, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. <laughs> okay. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I'm just going to skip ahead. Um, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Now that's Luke. That's Luke's version of how this ends. What? Forgive us our sins. Okay, I get that. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. That's what it says now in Luke. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, deliver us from evil. Whoa! I mean, that's... What? So he replies back to me. Okay, so he replies back to me. Now, understand, I've never even had a heated debate with him ever. I've always entreated him as an elder i've always tried to uh, give the man the respect he's owed he's a very very um very christian person okay um and again i'm not giving his name or anything i'm not attacking him i love him um here's what he said to me and this was the last time we've corresponded about this. And this was May 30th of 2016. He says, Dear Scott, I know you're a busy man. Thanks for your detailed note to me today explaining the Mandel effect and the CERN effect. And he quotes Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. This was when Mary was... Um, Things that Jesus was saying to her, things that she was observing about when Jesus was growing up, before they were really, really, really clued into exactly who Jesus was. Okay. Yeah, I understand the angel told her, and the, but I don't think they were fully, fully clued into exactly who Jesus was. And that's why that the Bible says this in Luke two nineteen. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. He says to me, as Mary, I'll have to ponder these strange phenomenon in my heart and head without coming up with a satisfactory explanation. Now, this is a man, this is a gentleman, who I don't know anybody who spent more time in the KJV. Probably 70 years at this point. Multiple, multiple, multiple books, audios, seminars on the KJV on the underlying text types and things of this nature. 
but always was a big KJV person, not really wanting to point us to the Greek and the Hebrew, the underlying Greek and Hebrew as much. A real, you know, okay. So this is coming from him, okay? This isn't like your standard lukewarm 501c3 pastor that, you know, went to cemetery and got ruined. I'm not saying they're all that way, but I'm just saying we're dealing with a different caliber of person here. He says, I'll have to ponder these strange phenomenon in my heart and head without coming up with a satisfactory explanation to what I just said, to the Bible verses I quoted and what I brought up. I'll leave that up to your expertise. Here's a guy, a pastor, that has way more expertise in this area than I'll ever, ever have. I can't devote my my all my efforts in ministry to this this is why i went to him because i'm like i didn't want to believe this i didn't want this to be reality so i go to the most beyond qualified person on this subject in humility in treating an elder respectfully i think you saw that how i responded to him there's nothing in my my being that wants to attack him Um, let me look at this again, because I, I don't want to leave anything in here that's going to give away who this is. He goes on to say, have the traditional Masoretic Hebrew or traditional received Greek text underlying the KJB been changed? He's asking me that. <laughs> I don't know. He's the expert. <laughs> so, he'd be much more qualified to look at that. I'm assuming yes. I'm assuming yes, they have been changed. In some way, shape, or form, those must be our foundations for our Bibles in any language. But he doesn't even answer that. But the fact remains is that what's going on with the KJV is a fact. It is a reality, and it's affecting all of them, regardless of if they were from a semi-corrupted version, modern-day version in, in the English language, to the 1611 to the 1769 Pure Cambridge Edition, to the 1769 Oxford Edition. They've all been corrupted. So, my ministries that have, I'm probably, I mean, the ones that are still with me, the ones that have more of a Baptist persuasion, if they've listened to me up to this point in this audio, I hope you can see I've done all I could do I hope you can see I'm just not becoming some heretic that's running off into chasing fly balls in left field and wanting to start my own little Scotty J cult. I hope you can see that I've got really, really good reasons for doing this. I hope I can have grace in your eyes and, the, and that you can see that I'm not doing this because I'm in rebellion. I was really in rebellion before by not doing this. And I love you in the Lord. I might get attacked now more than ever. I probably will. But I've been for really, really at a breakneck for like the last two to three years. So. Um, yeah. So we have that. We have that little tidbit that I just gave there.
Okay, so what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm a lot of these videos I had marked to play, but when I start playing them, I realize I already covered all these. I'm not going to get too redundant here. Obviously, we've already gotten a little bit redundant. It's impossible to not do that with this particular subject. But one of the things I wanted to reiterate is that the two times that the Lord's Prayer is given in um, Matthew 6 and Luke 11, neither place now has trespasses. Um, the one gentleman was saying that trespasses wasn't in the, the version in Luke, but now neither of them has trespasses in them, okay? The one that was in Matthew was the one that had trespasses, but now it says, forgive us our debts as, as we forgive our debtors. Luke says, forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Um, so I believe both of those instances has been changed in there. Trespasses is nowhere to be found now. Okay, so that's one thing. Um, another thing that, that he brought up that I want to just hit real quick. Isaiah eleven six: the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. Okay. And um, so it's not the lion shall lay down with the lamb anymore. It's the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the goat. Okay, and again, goats are typically, you know, not presented in a, in a kid is goat, you know, like he was talking about that in the earlier version of, of we call them kids and the kid is a baby goat. The leopard shall now lie down with the kid, the baby goat, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. So they could say, well, they'll come back and say, well, see, it, it does mention the lion somewhere in there. The lion's in there, the young lion and the fatling together. It never said that. It said the lion shall lay down with the lamb. Now the whole verse has been all cattywampus, switched around. Isaiah 65, 25 says, the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. In Basically in the same context here. So we've got two places now where it should be lion laying down with the lamb. No, it's now the wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion, and then it says, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. Well, see the lion's in there. Not in the proper position. Not in the proper real context. So just wanted to kind of reiterate that a little bit more. Okay, so I'm going to play a little bit of this gentleman's video, and I haven't even... This is one of those videos I said basically just play the whole thing at one time. Now, we've already covered a lot of this material, so I've, I've, went, I've went way past. He's got about like eight minutes left here. and But I, I really like this gentleman. Um, he's a Christian, kind of an old-timer. Uh, he's got a lot of old Bibles. He's been screaming about this since 2016 i don't know if he's still putting up videos about this i haven't checked in with him for a long time um he's already covered a lot of stuff but he's going to bring up some stuff here too that <laughs> i'm telling you we're just getting started on this we you mean you, you i'm easing you into this okay i am i'm easing you into this because there's much more to come that's going to be even more mind-blowing than what you've heard gonna be very very hard for you to wrap your mind around it but i feel like that i should at least i i, I need to hit on all the big points if i release this study so one thing i got down pat another scripture and i also i got enough books 
to back it up. I mean, this one hadn't been changed yet. And the things that... He's got a book on, like, things that... Stuff about the Bible, like definitions and things about the Bible. And a lot of those commentary-type books, they haven't been changed. Like, the, the, the wineskin... <laughs> the wineskin definitions at the back of that gentleman's KJV Bible that we heard, that little minute clip I played you, where it's showing the wineskin. It says Matthew... <clears throat> Mark 2.22, which is where it's used, and you go there, there's not a wineskin there. It's not even in there. It says bottles. How do you explain that? How do you explain that? They're changing out there to, to try and manufacture, but it, it's, it's a mind boggle. When you know the scripture, the lion laying down with the lamb, now it says wolf. Go look in your Bible and check that out over there in Isaiah. I mean, I'm telling you, the things have changed. A new dimension to port. This is all about CERN. I'm trying to explain that. Okay, I, and I'm I, just. I don't think he knew about D-wave quantum computing because back then, when this when this was going on, when I was really researching this, May of 2016, I don't think the whole D-wave quantum computing thing was even that prevalent. I think that came about a little bit after that. I'll throw that out there to you. Look into the Mandela effect. And for those of you that are Bible lookers and things like that, if there was ever some delusion on the earth right now, you need to go look because now your memories aren't what they once were. And I'm telling you, it applies to so many things. So many things that people aren't even aware of. Everything from geological, there's a People talking about they used to have to take the ferry over to Staten Island up there. But there's a bridge there now. Most people don't even know or didn't even remember. People living right there in New York didn't know that bridge was there, but it's there. Crazy things, man. You hear what I, he's saying? We haven't got into the geological stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is this gets so far outside the realm of the Bible that it's just flat super weird scary type stuff it's insane there's a great thing happening but here's what bothers me because there's a lot more changes in that bible a lot of them and it doesn't matter what bible you go the one i normally will read out of doesn't matter which one you look at and how many other books have been changed the words and lettering and how they've done it this is that great delusion that great deception that's coming upon the earth there's something happening well it's part of it but how this is going to be in comparison to the coming end time alien disclosure, that one, I don't know where it's going to rank. I think there's, it's going to be a combination of a lot of different things. You know, um, all the stuff to wear out the saints, all the stuff just to just keep us bogged down and doubting our faith and doubting the word of God and doubting. I mean, that's what it's all about, putting doubt in our minds, chipping away at our faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Okay? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How are you going to, there's going to come a famine for the hearing of the words of God. According to Amos, how are you going to hear it if the whole Bible's been corrupted? I'm not saying it's going to get that bad. But if you haven't hidden the word of God in your heart, you're not going to have anywhere to turn other than if you have somebody that knows the word of God to speak it to you that can still remember it right. You know, hate hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but it's what it looks like we're going to be facing here. Here, 
and it is a mind boggle. Now, I mean, we're talking a walk through the twilight zone. It's amazing. It's an amazing time. They're calling it enlightenment, maybe, or, or the awakening, or something like that. But I'm telling you, what they're doing at CERN, and I've got, I've got proof on that. I've been trying to work on getting a video to you. I want to get you that, and if I'm alive long enough and I can pull all this off, I'll try to. But I'm telling you, those of you that know your Bible, that know the word was trespasses, it ain't there now. Now the trespasses words down there in Matthew on the Lord's Prayer is down below that. So they just changed it to debt and debt, or in the, in the, in the Matthew one was the trespasses. So right. after you read on down, then they use the word trespasses. See, I guess in Luke, I believe it was debts, okay? But now that's changed to sin in the other phrase. So it's even that's been changed, okay? So nowhere can you find trespasses now. Not in the Lord's Prayer. It's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. But listen, don't be disheartened. When you get in there, those that are reading their Bibles and stuff like that, that know these scriptures by heart, when you get in there and see these things, don't let it boggle your mind that the changes have been made that way. But I'm telling you, there's not a Bible on the earth, at least not in this reality, not in this dimension. They did it. They've succeeded at what they were trying to do. And that may just be the first run or the first couple of runs. There's more coming. And it's going to get crazy. It's going to get crazy. I'm telling you. But you got you got to hear what I'm. I mean, this is this is facts. This isn't no conspiracy theory. Go look in any Bible now and see all those that knew. I mean, how many kids grew up? Even if you're atheist, a lot of them grew up with the idea they knew the Lord's Prayer. For goodness' sake, it's changed. There's other things changed in there too. Some key ones. Some key ones. Y'all go check his stuff out, man. It's crazy. One last thing. I'm gonna leave some links on the bottom. Uh, some other videos that have been put out that will explain the Mandela effect or people that are having the same experiences uh, and there's some that you can go and test yourself and see where your memory lies to see what existence you're in right now because I mean this is some crazy stuff it does it makes you think am I losing my mind and I know good and well I'm not because there's some things you know in your heart and you know for a fact beyond a shadow of a doubt that you, your, your young memory your long term memory is stronger and works better than your short-term memory. But uh, right. I wrote a lot of it off, like the Fruit Loops and the Looney Tunes and, and all these different things they were talking about, the changes on the, the different names. So I figured, you know, well, it's new marketing, new age, you know, everything changes as it right. goes. But look, how is it every one of the Bibles in my house has changed within days is an impossible. He's the one that had the bag of the, the pens and pulled it out he's like what it says depend now they're not depends anymore the adult diapers yeah he was the one that had that happen and yet it is look in yours you'll see what i'm talking about so i'll leave you some links to check out some of this stuff the mandela effect then you can find out what's really going on at cern uh, I'll try and get a, a, a video out explaining all of it because there's just so much. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Y'all, don't get too worried about it. Don't let it over overwhelm you because it's like a walk through the twilight zone. This is truly a walk down into a rabbit hole. Hang tough. Wanted to add this on too. This is a 1611, the Old English style. Uh, over in Luke uh, chapter... What chapters are these? I'm never good at Roman numerals. 18, 18, 18. I guess it's 17. Yeah, chapter 17. That's right. 
uh, in chapter 17, and this is the Old English now, the original 1611 edition, right? And even here it says, uh, in that day, let's see, shall be uh, upon the housetop and his stuff in the house. S-T-U-F-F-E. Really? In that one, it even changed and put stuff there in the Old English? Yep. Now, watch this. Check this out. So, like I said, this is going on. This is going on from the, you know, you could have the modern King James version to the 1769 Pure Cambridge edition to 1611 to, I believe, the underlying Hebrew and Greek text types under, uh, underlying the King James as well. Now, again, I haven't really checked that far into that, but I, I can't believe it wouldn't be that, wouldn't be the case. That's just, a, that's a lot harder to go in there and, and look at all of the changes. I'm sure somebody's probably already done it. Talking about, in the New King James Version, okay, uh, I wanted to check there too, just to be certain, right? And three, where we're talking about the wineskins. Now, this is crazy, because here it said bottles before. In the new one, the revised version of the new King James, it mm -hmm. says, nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or yep. else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Right. Now, the the, uh, the Lord's Prayer we was talking about, that's still... These other versions, even though they're corrupted, like the New King James, I've done a whole study of New King James, got the triple wicked goddess symbol on it, the triquetra the symbol, um... It's corrupted, and and again, just key in New King James in the keyword search box. I've done a study on it. Uh, Satan hasn't targeted those versions. Now, I believe that those versions will eventually be more targeted, but if you were Satan, what would you devote your satanic energies into corrupting? Well, the one version, you know, that is the most pure obviously is where you would devote your energies that's exactly what's happening but some of these new versions it hasn't even hit yet the same in in the old or the new but it's it's different it's flipped because the old one the original ones had the wine skins right and now it says bottles in the original king james version you have to check if you're in the new king james version now it says wine skins where it said bottles before and so, again, if you it's go... all designed to create confusion and doubt on the King James. There to chapter 6 and uh, verse 9. Let's see, I'm trying to see here on this. Uh, bear with me, bear with me. 6. That's why I don't like these new ones, but I keep them. I've got new revised international editions and all of them, but I, I go by the original. That's why I prefer, but... Uh, here we go. He means uh, he, he uses the King James. Uh, it was in chapter 6. We was talking about verse 9. When he's talking about it, it says, Therefore do not be all I see. It's in verse 9. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, it just says our Father in heaven. This is the new one. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. It was die in, in the old. Yeah. On earth as it is in heaven. Uh, that that was the right part. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And again, this was the one that was in Luke originally, but now it's in Matthew. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now that's in the new version. The new King James. But again, uh, in the original, it was, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Remember, forgive us our trespasses. Right. So anyway, y'all go look it all up. Have fun with it. Welcome to... So he just gave you a little more clarification there. So I'm way maxed out on this part. I'm actually way over time and I've got so much on my video recorder. I've got to upload this right now. So I'm going to do that and come back and probably do another part here. Um, I also give you two verses here. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It was heavens before. Matthew 13, 22. We've already talked about these, but just so you have them. He that receiveth the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world. That makes no sense. It was the cares of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he become unfruitful. Okay, so I'll just leave you with those two and we are going to continue on. God bless you.